Today we're going to look at our third encounter in this series that we're calling Meet Jesus. And in week one, we looked at Jesus' face-to-face encounter with Nicodemus. And then last Sunday, we saw Jesus intentionally pursue a divine appointment with a Samaritan woman at Jacob's well. And in that story, the big big thing that came through in that story was that Jesus crosses boundaries that are unacceptable to reach us with a grace that's irrational. Are you thankful for that this morning? Are you thankful that Jesus crossed over a boundary to get to you? That, that in some people's eyes, maybe you weren't worthy to have Jesus come to you, but Jesus didn't see that boundary. And sometimes we put boundaries between us and Jesus because we don't think that we're worthy. But he sees us, and he loves us, and he passionately pursues us. Jesus has no regard for the way we think he should come to sinners. You realize that sometimes we're guilty of that, I think, as Christians, that we kind of put Jesus in a box and we think, well, this is the way Jesus should come to sinners. But Jesus doesn't really have a whole lot of regard for the way we think he should pursue sinners. He just does it. And he does it with passion and with purpose. And so there there are no accidental or coincidental meetings with Jesus. Amen? Because Jesus is the seeker of sinners. And so today we're going to look at another encounter with Jesus that's very similar to this encounter with the Samaritan woman. Um, And if you grew up going to church, if you've been to Sunday school before, um, and you know what a flannel graph is, who knows what a flannel graph is? Just raise your hand. All right. (laughs) Just a few of y'all. Some of y'all are like, what is that? Um, Then you know the story of Zacchaeus. The story of Zacchaeus is perhaps one of the most um, well-known, most familiar stories in the New Testament, at least if you've grown up in the church. And likely, if you did grow up in the church, the first thing that happens when you hear the name Zacchaeus is you start singing the song in your head, don't you? So, I want us to do that and just get it over with. (laughs) All right? So, how does the song go? You guys that know, if you don't know it, please don't feel bad. But you guys that do know it, you can sing it for me, okay? It starts out like this. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. There you go. Wee little man was see. Very good. What did he do? He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. Do you remember the motions? And as the Savior passed that day, he looked up in the tree. What did he say? And he said... For I'm going to your house today. For I'm going to your house today. Very good. All right. Give yourselves a hand. That was awesome. All right. So most of what everybody knows about Zacchaeus, they know from the song. And that's pretty much it. So what does the song tell us about it? Zacchaeus was a what? A wee little man. He was small. He was, he was small in stature. The song tells us that, and so does the scriptures. It says he climbed a tree. What kind of tree? Sycamore tree, because he wanted to see Jesus. And when Jesus passed by and saw him, he told him to do what? Come down and 
Jesus did what? He went, he went home with him. He went, went to Zacchaeus' house. So all of those things that the song tells us are true, but there's so much more, I think, for us to see in this story. And that's what I want us to, to look at this morning. And not just the important things to notice about Zacchaeus himself, but things to notice about Jesus and the way Jesus interacted with him. And we find Zacchaeus' story in Luke chapter 19. Uh, Luke is actually the only of the four gospel writers who, who tell the story of Zacchaeus. But we're going to find that in Luke 19 and verses 1 through 10. So I want us to begin, and let's just start with verse 1. Luke 19, beginning in verse 1, it says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short... He could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. All right, let's stop right there at verse 4. So from this already, let's, let's figure out exactly who Zacchaeus really is. Um, besides what we know from the song, the scriptures tell us that he was a tax collector. But he was not just a tax collector. It says that he was a chief tax collector. Now, you probably already know from Sunday school and through hearing this story that tax collectors in that day were not very popular guys, right? Nobody liked the tax collectors. And we can identify with that, can't we? Because we still don't like tax collectors. No, nobody likes tax collectors. Then, nobody likes them now. Um, but in that culture, there were several reasons why the tax collectors were guys who were, who were especially hated. Um, because the region was under Roman occupation, there was already a Roman military presence there. The Romans um, were there in that sense... But also people were subject to Roman taxation. When the Romans came in and took over, they not only implemented their military, but they implemented taxation to the people. And the Romans, what they would do is they would auction off tax franchises to individuals basically to say, hey, for, for this, you can come and work for us and collect taxes for us. And so this was a very profitable business venture and partnership with the Romans, because what the Romans did was they said, if you, if, if we'll auction off these tax franchises, and if you are the highest bidder and you win, you can collect taxes for us, and we will let you keep anything above what is required from us. Basically, you collect the taxes that we want, but if you decide to collect more than what we're asking for, that's okay with us. You can do what you want to. So the Romans collected, there was a poll tax, there was an income tax, and a land tax, which is what the collectors had to turn back over to Rome. But the collectors were free to come up with their own taxes for anything that they saw fit. Uh, tax collectors some kind, sometimes could tax roads, they could tax bridges they could tax um, transportation of 
certain goods. Basically, anything that their greedy little minds could think of to apply a tax to in the region that they were given jurisdiction over, they were allowed to. The Romans didn't care. And most of the time, these tax collectors were Jews. And so that was the case with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a Jew. And so Jews who became tax collectors for the Romans obviously were viewed as traitors by all the other Jews. So that's one of the reasons they were hated. Zacchaeus was one of those guys. But Zacchaeus was not just one of those guys, but he was at the top of the pyramid when it came to the tax collectors uh, because he was a chief tax collector. So that meant that not only was he making money from the taxes that he levied and that he collected, but because he had tax collectors underneath him, a certain percentage of what all of them, all of what they gathered, they also paid to Zacchaeus. And so the scripture is very plain to say that this made Zacchaeus a very wealthy man. The scripture says that he was wealthy, he was rich. But when you think about Zacchaeus... What did all that money and those material things really bring him? It, it, it brought him total rejection from his own people. He was considered an outcast, very similar to the woman at the well, but, but for different reasons. It was the disdain of the people because tax collectors were crooked. They were dishonest. And the practices that they that they forced on the people made all the other Jews consider them some of the most wretched sinners. They were also considered unclean by the Jews, similar to a leper. You didn't have contact with a tax collector. You didn't touch a tax collector. You didn't go into a tax collector's home because they were unclean. They had been so in the eyes of the Jews, so defiled by their disloyalty that they didn't want anything to do with them. So even though they were financially comfortable, they were extremely lonely and cut off from social interaction, from relationships. Basically, similar to lepers, the only people that tax collectors could hang out with were other tax collectors because they were the only people who would have anything to do with him so this is Zacchaeus top of the pyramid has all the money that he could ever want but he has no relationships with anyone but he hears about Jesus he hears that Jesus is going to be coming through and he gets curious Zacchaeus curiosity came from his dissatisfaction. And isn't that true still today? Don't we become curious as people when we become dissatisfied with our current state? We don't usually get curious about Jesus until we realize that there's a satisfaction in our lives that we can't grasp on our own. There's something that we're looking for that we can't grab hold of. And so we try lots of things to satisfy that need that we have in our lives, and we fail. 
The woman at the well tried to satisfy her needs with relationships with other men. But that left her empty. Zacchaeus tried to fill the need in his heart with, with money, with status, with power. But he was dissatisfied with it. Had, G, had, had Zacchaeus been satisfied by those things, he would have had no curiosity to seek out who Jesus was. But the Bible says that he was, he was curious. And so dissatisfaction often leads us to curiosity. And we'll find out in this story for Zacchaeus and often for many of us, curiosity is what leads us to faith. Dissatisfaction leads us to curiosity, and curiosity leads us to faith. So Zacchaeus is curious. It tells us that he wanted to see who Jesus was, but he had a problem. He was a little guy. He was small. Now, we don't know exactly how tall he was. Uh, we don't know in relation to other people. Uh, we know that, that that word in the text is a relative term. So it depends on how tall the other people, the average person was. But we know that he was below average in height and stature. And that's not really the main point as to how tall he was. Or I think Luke would have included that in his gospel. What we should focus on is the fact that Zacchaeus had a barrier that kept him from, from satisfying his curiosity about Jesus. And that barrier wasn't bigger than his desire to discover who Jesus was for himself. Basically, Zacchaeus was so curious about who Jesus was, he knew there was a barrier that his height, his stature was going to be a barrier, but he was so desperate to find out who Jesus was that he wasn't going to let that barrier stand in the way of him feeding his curiosity. I think that Zacchaeus was desperately afraid. I think that Zacchaeus had obviously heard about Jesus before. And he had heard about Jesus' other encounters with people. And you know who else? The text doesn't tell us this, but this is just, this is just Eric's idea you know who I think Zacchaeus probably had a conversation with before a guy named Matthew who was one of Jesus disciples because Matthew was a tax collector too and because tax collectors only hung out with tax collectors I'm pretty sure that at some point Zacchaeus crossed paths with Matthew and he saw a change in Matthew and he saw Something in Matthew told him about this man, Jesus, and what he had done for him. And so I think that Zacchaeus was filled with a lot of hope that Jesus may be able to heal the dissatisfaction that he felt in his life. And there was an urgency in Zacchaeus. I think Zacchaeus was afraid that maybe this would be his only opportunity to get to see Jesus for real, to get to experience who he was and he and there was this urgency so he knows that he's shorter than the average person and he's going to need some help so he anticipated where he could see Jesus 
And the, and the text says that he went ahead of the crowd. He anticipated where the crowd was going to go. And he went off ahead and he climbed up in the tree. You know one of the reasons why people who are looking for Jesus come into churches like this? For some people, this is their sycamore tree. They anticipate that this is where they can find Jesus. So they come. And I don't think that Zacchaeus wanted to draw a lot of attention to himself. Because you notice that he went ahead of the crowd. He didn't necessarily want to be seen. He was actually hoping, I think, that no one noticed that he would even be there. Many people who are curious about Jesus will slip into churches. And they're curious. They want to watch. They want to observe. They want to see if Jesus really does show up here. And Zacchaeus is curious. And even though he desperately wanted to see Jesus, I don't know that he climbed the tree hoping that Jesus would see him. I don't think Zacchaeus was, was trying to make a spectacle of himself. I think Zacchaeus was trying to get to a place where he could see, but that nobody else could see him. He went ahead of the crowd, climbed the tree when nobody was around, and kind of camped out there and just waited. So the next part of the story is the best part for him and for us. Look at verse 5. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. So here's Zacchaeus. He's, he's up in the tree. He's desperate to have an encounter with Jesus, but at the same time he's afraid. Because he doesn't know how Jesus is going to accept him. He doesn't know how the other people are going to react. Because he knows he's not even supposed to be around all these other Jews. Because of who he is. So he's waiting and he's kind of hiding up in the tree to get his look at Jesus. But then something that, G that Zacchaeus wasn't expecting happened. As Jesus comes by, Jesus stopped. <laughs> That's a great part of the story, y'all. Jesus stopped as he's passing through the text says that he stopped and he looked up and he made eye contact with Zacchaeus Zacchaeus was in a place he I think he was kind of hoping nobody would notice him but Jesus not only stops but he completely notices Zacchaeus and he doesn't just notice him but he makes eye contact with him and he calls Zacchaeus by name. He'd never met Zacchaeus before. Zacchaeus had never met Jesus before. But he knew his name. That even when we think Jesus isn't noticing, <laughs> that, that we're lost in the crowd, so to say, that Jesus sees us. 
And on this day, he stopped right where Zacchaeus was, made eye contact and said, Zacchaeus, get down out of that tree right now. Maybe you're like me and maybe you, you ask this question. What if Zacchaeus had not been up in the tree? Would Jesus have ever found him if he hadn't been in the tree? I think, I think the answer is yes, absolutely, Jesus would have found Zacchaeus. The fact that Zacchaeus was up in the tree had nothing to do with Jesus' ability to find him. Zacchaeus knew that he had to be in a certain place for him to see Jesus, but he could have been anywhere and Jesus would have seen him. There was no, that, that, that had nothing to do with it because Jesus is the seeker of the lost. I actually think there wouldn't have been any place that Zacchaeus could have hidden that day where Jesus would not have found him because Jesus knew Zacchaeus' heart. He knew what he was longing for. Jesus always wins in the game of hide and seek. Don't ever play hide and seek with Jesus. Because he will always win. He will always find us. Other Jews avoided Zacchaeus, like literally like the plague. But Jesus stopped right where Zacchaeus was. No one cared about Zacchaeus. Nobody trusted Zacchaeus. But Jesus took time to look him straight in the eye. And everyone else regarded Zacchaeus only for what he had done. Zacchaeus had been labeled by people because of his actions. All of the bad things that he had done. But Jesus called him by name because Jesus regarded him for who he was and who he could be. He acknowledged Zacchaeus as a person who was loved and cared for by God. So then what was Zacchaeus' response? It says in verse 6 that he came down immediately and he welcomed Jesus. And he didn't just welcome Jesus into his home, but he was welcoming Jesus into his life. Uh, the great D.L. Moody once said that he believes that Zacchaeus' conversion happened on the trip from the limb to the ground. In that moment, in that transition, when, when Zacchaeus hears the invitation of Jesus, and Jesus says, Zacchaeus, I've got to go to your house today. That Zacchaeus received that gladly, and, and as soon as he started to make that move down in obedience to Jesus, that his conversion happened in his heart and his life. The first step he took, and some, and some people say that Zacchaeus may not have even climbed down. He may have just jumped. And I wouldn't have a problem with believing that at all. But then look at verse 7. These, there's always these people. Look at verse 7. And all the people saw this and began to mutter or grumble. He's gone to be the guest of a sinner. Who is this Jesus going to hang out with that guy? 
It's so ironic that Luke gives us this verse and tells us that there were all these people who started to grumble and complain because Jesus called Zacchaeus out and he says, I'm coming to your house, Zacchaeus. Because they didn't understand that. <laughs> they said, he's come to be the guest, uh, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. The, what they didn't understand was Jesus had come to be the guest of all of them as sinners. The difference in that moment between all of the people and Zacchaeus was that they didn't understand their need for Jesus, and Zacchaeus did. He saw it. He understood it. There will always be grumblers. There will always be people whose self-righteousness blocks them from experiencing the joy of seeing another sinner come to Jesus. There's just always going to be those people. And my word to you about those people, just don't listen to them. Block them out. Don't pay attention to them. If you're lost, don't let some grumbler keep you from getting to Jesus. Just don't. And if you're a believer, don't let somebody else's grumbling steal the joy that God wants you to experience by seeing another lost sinner come to salvation. Don't ever, ever do that. And don't be a grumbler. Don't let me hear you be a grumbler. And here's what grumblers will say most of the time. Well, how do we know that they're serious? Right? Do they really mean it? Look at verse 8. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now... I give half of all my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. You, know, you want to know what the answer to the grumblers is? You want to know how you can tell if someone's salvation is real? A changed heart will always give birth to a changed life. Always. Zacchaeus' response to Jesus is in contrast. There was another rich guy who came to Jesus. You remember that story? The rich young ruler? He came to Jesus. He had lots of stuff. And he said, what else do I need to do, Jesus? Jesus said, go take your stuff and give it away to the poor. And then come follow me. And the scripture says he went away sad because he didn't, he didn't let go. He rejected the invitation of Jesus. But Zacchaeus is very much like the rich young ruler. But he willingly, he didn't even have to be asked. He didn't even have to ask Jesus what I'm supposed to do. Because the transformation in him let him know what he was supposed to do. And the Holy Spirit just moved him to say, hey, I'll give half of everything I've got to the poor Jesus. And if I've cheated anybody, I'm going to go back and pay them back four times whatever I cheated them out of. There was no instruction by Jesus. There was no, no finger pointing of Jesus. Jesus saying, well, Zacchaeus, if you're serious, then this is what you got to do. Zacchaeus just did it. Behavior modification doesn't save us. Okay? Understand that. Doing good things doesn't bring salvation. But true salvation can't help but come out in a changed life. 
And if there's no evidence of a changed life, it could be that there's never really been a changed heart. But Zacchaeus in this story, he repents. He doesn't just give this general repentance either. You know how sometimes when we pray and we say, God, if I've sinned today, forgive me of my sin. You ever prayed that one? Zacchaeus is specific. He gives a specific repentance. He says, Jesus, I've, I've cheated people out of money because of what I've done. So this is what I'm going to do to fix that. And he comes up with intentional ways to make right what he's done so that people can see that the encounter that he's had with Jesus is real. When Zacchaeus fell in love with Jesus, he fell out of love with his money and his possessions. And folks, let me just tell you, when you really fall in love with Jesus, you're going to fall out of love with something else. 1 John 2.15 says, Do not love the world or anything in it. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. When you really fall in love with Jesus, you fall out of love with the world. And Zacchaeus did. There's one more thing that, we're gonna, that we'll miss if we don't look at it. In verse 8, look at the very beginning. It says that Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord. you know what that means? Before Zacchaeus could stand up and make a commitment like that to Jesus, he had to have bowed down first it doesn't say that Zacchaeus bowed down but when it says that Zacchaeus stood up and he made that commitment it means that he bowed down so we can't we can't stand and make promises to Jesus until we first bowed before him so then Verses 9 and 10, Jesus confirms what's happened in Zacchaeus' life. Verse 9, Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus says, Zacchaeus... You're the real deal. He says, you're, you're the real deal. And for everyone there, what's happening to this guy right now is the real deal, Jesus says. Zacchaeus went from being a thief to a benefactor. From selfishness to total selflessness. From a taker to a giver. And he says that about Abraham. He, what happens to Zacchaeus is that he went from being one born uh, a son of Abraham by race alone to one who was a son of Abraham through faith as well. And that was a big deal that Jesus proclaimed that over him in front of all of these people. So that he is truly a son of Abraham. Zacchaeus' story is one of someone who discovers the overwhelming joy 
of forgiveness and compassion in Jesus in the midst of lots of doubt and lots of curiosity. But one of the big things that we should take away from Zacchaeus' story is this. We should always understand that whenever and however we find Jesus, it will always be because Jesus finds us first.